This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. On Saturday, thousands of pro-life supporters gather in Chicago in solidarity against abortion. One of the major speakers at the event is LCMS President Matthew Harrison. Chicago March for Life organizer Dawn Fitzpatrick says this march is not just calling for the repeal of Roe v. Wade, but to draw attention to Illinois' liberal abortion laws. The state recently enacted laws allowing abortion for any reason up to birth and includes public financing of abortions. I speak with Ms. Fitzpatrick about the march on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. The Trump administration has asked the Supreme Court to protect a contested Louisiana rule that requires abortion providers to have admitting privileges at a nearby hospital. An abortion clinic and two physicians challenging the law, called Act 620, warned that two of Louisiana's three abortion clinics will close if the regulation takes effect. Last Thursday, the Trump administration said that the plaintiffs had not made a good-faith effort to comply with the law, such that any adverse consequences for abortion access would be their fault and not the state's. Louisiana's admitting privileges requirement is largely similar to a Texas law the Supreme Court invalidated in a 2016 decision called Whole Woman's Health v. Hellerstedt. The administration suggested that Hellerstedt may need to be narrowed or overruled outright depending upon how the justices choose to proceed. Kinsley Lewis, age 11 months, remains connected to her life support after a Texas appeals court put the brakes on a lower court ruling that would have allowed the hospital to end her treatment and likely her life as well. The Fort Worth-based Second Court of Appeals ordered Cook Children's Medical Center to continue providing life support to the infant until it rules on the issue whether the hospital can remove the child from life support. The ruling came one day after a lower court rejected a request from Trinity Lewis, Tinsley's mother, to issue an injunction block the hospital from taking action. Doctors originally planned to remove the girl from life support in November and invoke the Texas 10-day rule, allowing a facility to withdraw life support even over the objections of family members. The law allows a facility to stop treatment after 10 days if another care provider cannot be found. The hospital said it sought another facility for the girl, but without success. Planned Parenthood just released its annual report for the fiscal year 2018-2019, and it shows that the organization faced some dismal numbers. Buried deep within the report was the alarming statistic that Planned Parenthood lost 400,000 individual donors this past fiscal year. This mass exodus of donors also occurred just after Planned Parenthood ousted Dr. Lena Wen, the first actual physician to be the face of the organization in nearly 50 years. Wen wanted to prioritize real health care, such as mammograms, pap smears, and cancer screenings, but Planned Parenthood wanted to concentrate on abortions instead. After leading the Minnesota Vikings to a 26-20 overtime win over the New Orleans Saints in the first round of the NFL playoffs on Sunday, quarterback Kirk Cousins said that he draws peace and strength from his faith, and not from winning football games. In a post-game interview, Cousins was asked how he handled being publicly criticized for past performance on the field. Cousins responded that, with faith as the foundation of his life, he can always take comfort in the knowledge that, in his words, God is still on the throne, no matter what comes his way in life. World News Digest will be back right after these messages. 
Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Este é Notícias Luteranas pelo Mundo. This is Roll Lutheran News Digest. Mr. Patrick, welcome to World Lutheran News Digest. Now, you are the head of the Chicago March for Life organization. Could you tell the audience a bit about yourself and about your organization? Certainly. So I, uh, I work for the Archdiocese of Chicago, the Catholic Archdiocese of Chicago in Respect Life Ministries uh, and Chastity Education. And as a part of that, we sponsor, as the Archdiocese, we sponsor the March for Life Chicago. And in, in 2017, they elected me president of the board of directors. I've been involved with the march since 2014. But um It's, it's really grown considerably. So in 2014, the first year they had the March for Life Chicago, there was a thousand people that attended. And since then, it's grown to nearly 9,000 and a Midwest March, although it's in Chicago, but it's really the, the March for Life of the Midwest, which is, is so exciting. And as you pointed out, uh, you, you work for the Catholic Church, but we, the Missouri, Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate, is very active in the pro-life movement. Yes. In fact, the president of our Senate is going to be one of the guest speakers. He is, and we, we are so excited to have uh, Reverend Dr. Harrison as one of our speakers. He'd spoken for us before, and, you know, this is a completely ecumenical organization, the March for Life Chicago, so um It, it, I really encourage all of your listeners to come and be a part of it. And it does show solidarity for the sanctity of life that, that we all come together, at least on this one day, you know, and we all come together the rest of the year to, to do pro-life activities as well. But this is a great opportunity to show how many of us there are and from all different um, religious sects, as well as, as people who, who just don't claim any religion. They just know that, that life is sacred, whether it's, um, you know, unborn or at any point in, in in the uh, the person's life. So, well, every January since 1974, there's been the March for Life in Washington D.C. It started out small. Yes. Now it's in the hundreds of thousands of people marching. Yes. Also, usually the week before, there are marches in uh, state capitals and cities, like you're having yours in Chicago. But I understand that this one is a little different from um, from marches that you've had in the past. Largely yeah. because of actions taken by the state of Illinois' government to essentially make uh, the state of Illinois now the abortion mecca of the United States. And, and it is. You know, we have probably the most progressive abortion laws um, now here, here in, in the state of Illinois, which is unfortunate because it doesn't just affect Illinois. It affects all the surrounding states because people can just hop over the border and get their abortions. Um, we, we offer free abortions here based on, you know, Medicare plans and people with state employee uh, health plans and things like that. And at some of the borders, there's actually signs welcoming people to Illinois where they can get their abortion, you know, which is really sad. So that's um, that, that's just a horrible thing. And so bringing people together from all over the Midwest to show that we don't agree with these policies is, is just so important. 
Well, the laws that just recently went into effect in the state of Illinois, as I understand it, allows abortion for uh, allows for elective abortion at any time during pregnancy, even through nine months, and yes. also it is taxpayer funded. Is that correct? It is taxpayer funded. As I was saying, it's it's funded in in state employee health plans as well as uh, in Medicaid plans. It's 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 terrible. How many people are you anticipating at the march this year? Last year, we had close to 9,000 people there. We're expecting to break way be, well beyond 10,000 people this year. The, we've actually moved the location from the Federal Plaza just a couple of blocks over to the Daly Plaza because there's more space and we have more room to spread out. Um, and then we do anticipate uh, taking up the parade route down Michigan Avenue to the Congress Hotel, which is where our convention is being held. So that's a new thing this year. We're having a convention, um, which will also attract a lot of people. We have vendors or, or sponsors at the convention from all over the country. So we're really we're really making uh, a difference and a splash with this march and then bringing people together. Um, a lot of people even from Illinois, go to Washington for the March for Life in Washington. And that's still an important thing because I think it's great to see people from all over the country into the hundreds of thousands, as, as you mentioned earlier, coming together to stand up uh, against Roe versus Wade and against the laws that have you know come about since then all around the country. But some people don't have the option to go that far. So we can they can just come here to Chicago, whether it's if they're from Chicago, from somewhere else in Illinois, or from any of the surrounding states, they're certainly welcome. And and we've seen that happen over the past few years, which is why, as I said, we're really the, the March for Life of the Midwest in Chicago, although it's called the March for Life Chicago. I'm going over your speakers list, and I know some of the ones mm-hmm. that you have uh, showing up. Of course, there's Dr. Uh, Harrison, as we've discussed. Uh, there's Cardinal Blaze yeah. M. Kup- uh, Kupich, I believe he pronounces his name. for the Kupich. Ca- mm-hmm. Yeah, Kupich. Catholic Archdiocese. Yes. We've also got uh, President of Loyola University Medical Center coming up. We've got, uh, actually, I believe the owner of the uh, of the football team up there is also very active. Pat McCaskey, yes, he's he's very very involved with us. He he's done this every year. He, he always writes a poem to about life that he delivers, and he's he's just very very pro life. It's nice to see an owner in the NFL standing up for what he believes in. The other thing that really has struck me is that two of the speakers are actual abortion survivors. Claire mm-hmm. Colwell was one, and uh, I'm not sure. I know there's another one. I'm sorry. I do not have the name of that person right off the top of my head. But this is especially significant because you hear again and again and again the total untruth that there's no such thing as an abortion survivor. Sure. So Claire Colwell actually survived a surgical abortion. She has a very interesting story. Her mother was pregnant with twins and didn't realize it. So her twin was aborted. And a few weeks later, her mother realized she had another child and it was too late to abort the second child. So Claire survived and fortunately was placed for adoption and was raised by a very loving family. And I believe she met her mother years later. So, you know, it's um, she has a great story. So it, it's going to be a pleasure to have her from the speaking from our stage at the March for Life Chicago on, on January 11th. And she'll also be speaking at our banquet with a little more details. We keep the speeches kind of short when we're outside because it is cold, but that's okay. Um, but we will be able to hear even more detail at the banquet that evening.
One argument I've heard again and again and again is that uh, Christians, pro-life people, only care about the baby in the womb. Now, I ran across a very interesting news story today. was that down in the state of Texas, for the first time, there are more children being adopted than are actually entering into the uh, the foster parent system out there. They're actually picking up on the number. They have record numbers of adoptions, largely through uh, Christian adoption agencies, despite the fact that uh, secular forces are trying to shut them down. Isn't that interesting that they, they are the ones claiming that people who are pro-life are not pro-woman and do not take care of the woman after she has the baby or take care of the baby. And then they're trying to shut down organizations that would help the women and the babies. It, it, it just amazes me that, um, you, you know, the, the it's like a foil, really, <laughs> what they're talking about. Um, and you, you see that in Illinois alone, how many pregnancy centers we have that give women all these wraparound services from the moment they come and show up on the door and think they're pregnant, from pregnancy testing to ultrasounds to um education on how to take care of your children, prenatal care, um, offering a place to live sometimes, giving them diapers and baby products and everything they need. And, and then sometimes even there are places that will let them stay up to 18 months to two years after the baby's born. And then we have adoption services who help people to choose adoption, which is such a great option if somebody is unable or unwilling to parent the child. We always hear people saying, especially, you know, in on things like Facebook or, or just or just shouting out, you don't want this baby. You know, why don't you adopt the babies? I know so many people who are pro-life who would adopt those babies. They don't usually get the option because most of the babies are aborted, unfortunately. Also, uh, in the state of Illinois, the Groups like like us, we we are the Lutheran Church has done some has mm-hmm. uh, adoption facilities, and I know uh, Catholic Charities has also been yes. very active, but they can't practice it in Illinois any longer. And, and why is that? You know, because because they, we had some beliefs about um, you know a man and a woman should raise a child, so they took away the ability to place children with very loving families. You know, and and to help people choose adoption, which is such an important option. But so Illinois has done a lot to to hurt services that are offered to women who would like to choose life. Well, I know this is happening on Pennsylvania. We've been following a situation out in the city of Philadelphia mm-hmm. where there were 26 adoption agencies that were working with the state, 26 of them. Two of them, mm-hmm. Bethany and Catholic, would not adopt out to gay parents. However, they right. would refer to other agencies that would. Yeah. In the meantime, the city kicks them out, takes away their funding. And these were the people who <laughs> they they placed hundreds of children and the, right. the same day, the same week, that the city decided they were no going. They were they, these two agencies were not welcome. They put out a call for an additional three hundred foster parents because they were desperate. Mm-hmm. So, so where is the genuine care for the woman and the child in those situations? You know, it certainly isn't there. But they're they they're trying to claim that that the best interest of the child isn't being served by those agencies. It, it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It makes this no is the rhetor- rhetoric. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. I mean, no, we're not trying to shut down the other agencies that indeed will adopt to gay parents. We're simply saying this is against our faith. We can't do it. Right. 
Well, for example, here with the uh, with the LCMS, and I suspect it's uh, it's true with the Catholic groups as well, is that we will not adopt out to a cohabiting straight couple. They've got to be married. Because we know that that a, a good commit, committed family is going to be a better place for a child to be raised. Um, so that, that's that's for an adoption. But however, if a person is is carrying a child and they want to parent the child, we're going to encourage them to do that. And a lot of these parents, uh, these these women who uh, are expecting, unexpectedly expecting. Mm-hmm. If they're looking for a place to adopt, sometimes they actually look for a specific agency, a specific religion. Yeah. I have a very good friend out in California who is an adoptee, and uh, she, her birth mother specifically wanted her raised as a Lutheran and mm-hmm. was able to place her through a Lutheran adoption agency. Can't do that now in California. <laughs> so that person who would like to um, see their their own beliefs carried on in their child. They just didn't feel equipped to raise the child themselves, so they can't even have their own their own desires met because the state's intervening. It doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't seem right. And also, the the the, the faithful, yes. the, the people of faith, are the ones who really go out of their way to try to adopt. And I know, for example, with the with the, the Catholic services, uh, you all have specialized very much in hard to adopt children, those with special needs or the older children. Certainly, and and you know we have we have uh, so many organizations that specialize in that through through Catholic charities, and we have a um, certainly Mercy Home, which is a a home for ch- for children who are with with all kinds of needs, usually in you know ur- urban situations where they they may need some some time like a foster care situation but but the catholic church is well known for doing everything we can for people with special needs for for children that um you know need a home that's that's it's just amazing what what the state tries to prevent when it comes to things like that it's almost like they uh, hate us more than they love children well <laughs> exactly <laughs> That's uh, and and it's the the rhetoric is that that you are not pro woman unless you're pro abortion, which which is really strange. So in order to be a good um, empowered woman, you must be able to kill your baby, which which is exactly what is not the case. Which is why our our um, theme this year is is uh, life empowers. Pro life is pro woman. If you go back to the where the suffragists began in the late 1800s and they were, you know, women were seeking the right to vote. They were seeking equality with men um, just in voting. And one of their main campaigns was how evil abortion was and how much it hurt women because we we need to express and, and show our, our true strengths, which is the fact that we are women is a strength. So why why would it be? Um, empowering to sterilize women and to make them not good at what they're naturally good at doing, you know? The uh, Attorney General, the the Democratic Party's Attorney General's uh, organization has stated publicly that they will not financially support any Democratic candidate for Attorney General who is not openly pro-abortion. Isn't that scary? You know, I also run a ministry called Project Rachel, which is reaching out to and, and, and helping women and men even who are post-abortive. So they've been involved in um, an abortion at some point in their lives. 
And sometimes it, I even one time had a, a grandmother call me who was so hurt by the fact that her daughter had had an abortion because she was denied her grandmotherhood, you know, and how hurtful it was. Um, but what people don't tell a woman when she's going in to get an abortion is how harmful it's going to be to her the rest of her life, you know, what they say is this, this will be a quick fix. You won't have to worry about it anymore. It'll be over. But what they don't say is you're going to be emotionally, spiritually, and sometimes physically scarred by this and you're not going to get over it. You know, um, it's, it's, it's just debilitating. Sometimes uh, a woman goes 30 years and doesn't realize why her life became such turmoil. And it all pointed back to that abortion she had because really we're, we're hardwired to to love our children we're hardwired to raise our children to protect them and when something tells you that you should kill your own child it's it's not easily accepted even by yourself it may take a while for you to realize that but it happens and and as i said it's not just women there's men who realize they were denied the fatherhood that they deserved and and sometimes it might be that they were the one that insisted on it but they didn't and they didn't realize what they were doing at the time or Perhaps they never even got the opportunity to realize that they were a father before the child was taken away from them through abortion. And and it's, you know, it's just, it's so, so heart wrenching to talk to these people and, and know what they've, they've gone through their whole life. You know, there's so much we, we need to be able to offer as far as love and support um, when after, after the fact, but we could, we could prevent that if we didn't encourage it the way that we do in this culture. So you know, the, and that, and I always feel like I, I always have to assure people that it's not, it's not completely their fault that this happened. The the culture lied to them and made them think it was a good idea, when it, when it really isn't. Obviously, absolutely. There is another. Uh, you know, the uh, Planned Parenthood has uh, bragged about how it serves the uh, the minority communities in this country, and yet Planned Parenthood was actually founded on a racist basis. And there was an organization called the Guttmacher Institute, which, as you probably know, is pro-abortion. But they came out, they just released a new study that says that African-American women have abortions at three times the rate of other races. Mm -hmm. Now, that is frightening. It it is frightening. They often place uh, a Planned Parenthood in a community that serves um, minority minority population, and then they're basically targeting those minority women to have abortions. And it's it's so sad that this is looked on as an equality issue when what they're really doing is hurting the minority population by basically, you know, committing eugenicide. <laughs> so. And Margaret Sanger, who was the founder of Planned Parenthood, made no bones about that when she founded it. She even she even spoke at KKK rallies. So it's amazing that she's touted as this hero for find, founding Planned Parenthood that supposedly is a woman's answer to freedom when it really isn't. I know. I've read some of her writings. Uh, as you pointed out, she she did give speeches before the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, yeah. She was openly racist. Uh, in, in the, she didn't even like uh, uh, whites who were from Europe, from uh, Eastern Europe, and certainly didn't like Jews. No. <laughs> it's it's just amazing to me how this woman who had this these horrible horrible views could be regarded as almost like a patron saint for certain yeah. secular sources. Yes. Well, you know, they have they, the uh, the Smithsonian Institute. They have a bust of her <laughs> as if as if she's someone to be revered. It's kind of sad. 
Well, I think I probably pick another word than revered, but I, I hear you. Yes. Uh, one thing I do want to point out is that people who are interested in attending the March for Life, obviously they can contact us in the St. Louis area, you're Lutheran or non-Lutheran, contact us here at the International Center of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, or your local congregation, and we'll be happy to tell you about it. Now, also, you have contacts. There's March for Life Chicago. O-R-G, and March for Life Chicago Convention, O-R-G. What will people find on those websites? Well, they're both pretty much the same website at this point. We've uh, we've merged them. But the fact is, they, if they go to marchforlifechicago.org, it will take them to everything they need to know to have a wonderful weekend in Chicago. Uh, the March for Life itself is begins at 1 p.m. at Daly Plaza on the 11th of January, which is a Saturday. And that's important to note because in the past it was on a Sunday. And prior to that, the convention doors at the Congress Hotel open at 8 o'clock in the morning with a youth rally for life and some exhibitors that will be open until the kickoff of the of the rally at Daly Plaza. And then the exhibitors will open again as the marchers end at the Congress Hotel the doors will be open for them to come into the exhibitors. And then we have a banquet um, that starts at 6.30 p.m., uh, which will be, before that, there'll be a cocktail party also at 5.30. And and if uh, anyone in your audience is listening is, is interested in Catholic Mass, that will be at 4 p.m. also at the Congress Hotel. And then there's swing dancing in the evening. So, and these are all, you can kind of do a cafeteria-style selection of what you'd like to attend. The convention itself is free, but there is a, a fast pass available. So, you can register, get a fast pass, and that won't cost anything, just to, so that you can get in like, a little bit ahead of the crowd. There'll be a quicker line to get in and see all of the wonderful exhibits and then um, Stay for the banquet. Go come dancing with us, you know, to celebrate life at the end of the evening. So it's it's going to be a full day, and it it was we're so excited about how many people are we are anticipating coming. Bring a busload. Young people are welcome. Old people are welcome. Everyone's welcome. And the theme is life empowers. Pro life is pro women. Yes. Ms. Fitzpatrick, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to discuss this issue. This is an important issue, and let us hope for a record-breaking group of people up in Chicago this uh, coming January the 11th. And knowing uh, Matt Harrison as I do, I'm sure that any Lutherans out there will hear a lot of preaching from him. And that will be wonderful. We're, we're so excited to have him and all of, all of your audience and everyone that wants to attend. Thank you much, and God bless you and your efforts. Thank you. God bless. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.